Tuesday, which sort of felt like a Monday, which actually turned out to be a great day. How was it? Mine was wild. I was doing my civic duty in downtown Broward, in downtown Fort Lauderdale, and it was uh, it was incredible. It was it was a very cool experience for me. I got a lot of takeaways from it of just what it's like to be a part of the system, take part in the system, and what. The, you know, what could really happen if people chose to do it the right way? And you even got a good luck, didn't you, from the Mr. Judge I himself? I got, I got dismissed because of the book launch and got a, from the judge, Judge Murphy, said, hey, good luck with the book. Thanks, Judge. So, <laughs> there's so much, so much I want to talk about today. I wrote a full show, not knowing whether you'd be here, but I read an article last night that I've been up all night waiting to talk to you guys about because it is blowing my mind. But uh, for those of you who have been living under a rock, Mark Noodleberg is everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Jay showed me this morning's podcast that he did. Yeah, I was on live with Defoe and Luby this morning, which what a wild experience that was because I remember Defoe from being a kid and running around the 560 studios when he was on air there. And uh, getting to be able to reference that and him talking about you leading what he what he quoted as the biggest bunch of zeros in the history of the business. So. It, it was a unique time. It was just after I had left the cellular phone business behind. I took a year <laughs> off with you, which was still the best year of my life. And then the 560 bought all the rights to the sports teams. And they said, hey, man, you're like a legend in radio do you want to work in radio? And I was like, sports radio sounds cool, whatever. I, it was a very interesting time. I spent a year there, but I got friendly. I knew all the guys sure. who represent me. So it was very cool. Great to see you uh, talk about what you do. You are a very good guest. I will give you that. Thank you. You, you do produce a very confident content. I I won't say any names because I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but your last employer should be really embarrassed that they allowed you to walk. <laughs> I will say, I won't say any names. I won't say which former employer, but I will say that. I will, say, I will tell you this, that it was very clear to Jake and I like, um, oh, um, we don't want LeBron. <laughs> oh, I, those words were not used by me and would like to be known. Those were not. Hey, I'm going to need you to take that part of the show, clip that. And keep it forever. But we are, we are. This is this is pregame, right? We're one day away from kickoff. Yeah, not, I'm not talking about football. Baby. I'm not talking about football. Hours away. So four hours. Away. We have we had that podcast. You did another podcast, which I had a cup of coffee with with Philip, which was great. Shay, show us. Um, this is all over LinkedIn. Um, so if you um, you'd have a hard time missing any Noodleberg on LinkedIn. But try and find this. Shay will post the link. Um, this was also a very quality interview. And interviewing, to me, comes down to the questions you ask 
He does a great job of asking the right questions. Philip did a great job of asking questions. And that, that was one of my favorite conversations because it was really, he dove in. When I gave him, when I started on a topic, he got really deeper into those topics. And uh, we talked about mindset. We talked about entrepreneurial, you know, what it means to be an entrepreneur or a high performer. It was great stuff. So thank you to Philip for having me on the DC podcast or the DC leaders podcast. And uh, I've met a bunch of great people from the DC area because of that. So thank you, Philip. Yeah. It was a very interesting call for me because his background, um, like many successful people came from nothing, you know? Yeah. So people that talk to me about circumstances and all that kind of bullshit, you know, you'd look at a guy like Philip and he's like, in spite of all of this crap, he saw the tunnel, he ran for it. It's great. So, right. um, so congratulations to you. Lots of really great stuff coming up. Um, I asked Jake to, to join us. Number one was I wasn't sure whether you'd be done with the interview. But more importantly, I read an article yesterday about cold calling. I'm stripping the show. We're going to do wake up music. And then we're talking about this stupid article Buckle that someone up. wants to put out there. Buckle up. Smiles, lots of smiles, lots of good stuff. Um, Shay, great job in scrapping where we were to, you know, pivot to where we're going. So, Shay, show me the graphic on top of this article. Um, cold calling tips and scripts. Okay, so from your favorite, from your favorite, Grant Cardone. Well, here's, the, here's the rub. You know, this guy is uber successful um, by anybody's standard. He likes to flaunt the cars and the, the planes and God bless him. And you do whatever you want. I, I personally think he sells dreams more than anything else. But he has the balls to put this in LinkedIn, this article. So my question to you, and I think it's pretty, you know, standard. What's the number one thing that people hate about or anticipate hating about going into sales? Jake, your, your, your generation is... Wow, we're starting with me. That was um thing they don't like about cold calling. I think there's no there's no relationship fundament fundamental in it. And so when they grow older, they can't get out of their own way but to sell in every interaction. I think it becomes innate in the way they operate on a daily basis. And we tell everybody, or you tell everybody, you guys tell everybody, you know when you're getting sold. And it's this relentless feeling that they give off. And it makes people push them away and vice versa. And Mark, I know you're dying to come in. So This is the problem to me, right? Is that everybody, when they hear sales, they think sell. This is the problem with the word, right? And, and like if we talk about changing it, we don't want to use the word sales. We want to use the word business development. That's the problem is that when you say I'm in sales, that means that my number one role is to sell. And then you have a guy like Grant Cardone 
who is not only promoting that behavior, but trying to teach people ways to do it. And everything in his language and everything that he talks about is selling transaction. Oh. Gimme, oh. gimme, gimme. This is in writing, okay? Whether you like it or not, at some point in your career, you'll have to call someone you don't know to get something you want. So fundamentally, oh he's God. like throwing it out there. I'm going, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, that is like so ridiculous. If like, if you're not sitting in a chair going, I'm not going to do that. That sounds ridiculous. Right, okay. right. What, what does Gary V say? Gary V says most people spend their time convincing. Well, did anybody see Gary V's post today? Or no. it might have been last night. You should go watch it. But he talks about it. I forget the term he actually uses. But he talks about I, – I wish I remember, wrote down the term. But he talks about always connecting in every situation. Like talk about the chocolate that they like or the steak right. dinner. He goes, if anybody writes me that I can help you buy the Jets, I immediately fucking delete it. And I, right. I, I think I quote right. that directly from how he says it. Right. So wait, wait, wait. So he writes let, – first let's clear up what exactly a cold call is. Now, I'm going to describe it to you the way he writes it, and then you tell me how fast you're signing up for a job to do this. The broad definition for a cold call is this. It's the solicitation, excuse me, of business from potential customers who were not anticipating such an interaction. Correct. Like what? Wait. In other words, in other words, it's figuring out which stranger out there got money. (laughs) <laughs> and then taking action to get that money. You should go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> go straight to jail. Straight to jail. <laughs> I mean, this is stuff that's out there that people are paying money to him sure. to sign up and be taught. It should be illegal. It's malpractice. If it you're is. a doctor and you give bad advice, you get sued. Where is it that is. here, Mark? Where is it- that? It is malpractice. That is 1000% correct. And, and I think then it, it gets trickled down, right? Like, you know, Laura talks about, I agree with Jake, I believe that it's forced upon new salespeople, trainees, and then micromanaged. The majority of my sales training when I first got out of, of football was how to cold call, what to do, how to answer questions, how to move people through the conversation to get them to agree to have a presentation for me, not to agree to a visit, right? Not to agree to, Hey, let's sit down and further the relationship. But the whole goal of the cold call was to get them to agree to allow me to pitch them what I wanted to do, which is a stupid, inefficient waste of time. But those leaders are subscribing to somebody who is successful Right. And because he's successful, they say this is the way sales has to be done. And so it perpetuates itself. You have leaders listening to bad advice and then implementing the training, which to me, if you redefine what it was to be in sales, I don't know a person in the world that wouldn't want to be in sales. I told you that your entire job was to connect with people try to build a relationship with them in a way that mattered to them to ultimately try to help everybody else be successful. Why wouldn't you want to do that? And if I managed you in a way that was, and we're going to talk about this on the GOTV live call today. If I managed you in a way that I focused on those activities, 
not on cold calling, not on pitching, not on overcoming objectives, but I managed you in a way where I focused on the activities that led to opening relationships. What other job would you want to have? And you look at statistics from video and LinkedIn and everything that we preach compared to cold calling, the cold calling, you know, conversation to connection ratio is very low. You're going to hit one out of 50, if that, whereas when you're connecting through video, the percentages go up, you know, 75% or whatever. To me, it's like saying we should throw the ball in every fourth and one. It's right. like, it's right. why do, like when, when every fan yells at their team for doing something so stupid because the percentages tell you not to, yet you still cold call. So, so this is why, yeah, go ahead. He goes on to say here, while cold calling usually takes place over the phone, it can also come in the form of a drop-in, such as door-to-door. -door. And I think people have taken that mentality and dropped themselves into LinkedIn and said, I'm just going to cold call all over LinkedIn. I'm going to jump into your world and tell you how great I am, how, what I need to sell you. Same thing. This mentality that you have my money in your pocket is the most ridiculous thing ever. It's Correct. like, people, you know, look, you were just on with Defoe and Defoe said your dad had it going on. He was one of those guys who got it because you know what? I met people at scale, right? right? And everybody could either buy my product or knew somebody who could. Boom. That was right. it, period. But so the, the fundamental to that was, is that you were just earning the right to market yourself to everybody. You weren't ever selling anybody. So I think that's the big difference is that when people go into sales, they don't really understand that in order to be great at sales, you got to be phenomenal at marketing, right? Like to me, if I were to build the perfect salesperson in today's world, they'd be an unbelievable conversationalist. They'd be an educator. They would be somebody who had energy, who had appearance, who was likable. Why? Because all of that's going to lead to the opportunity to be able to educate them about what you do and how you do it so that if they can buy from you, they will, or they'll know somebody who will. So that to me is the difference is that all of the sales training teaches people how to pitch all day long. Pitching is not marketing. Marketing is educating. Marketing is building relationship. Marketing is feeding people consistently with value so that when they're ready, then they pull the trigger. So there will be people who say to me, you just got sour grapes. I remember posting something in LinkedIn about cold call, cold calling. And there were some people said, you just suck at it. That's why you're, you know, like if I'm going to suck at anything, please let it be cold calling because I don't want to interrupt people. Uh, let me interrupt your day so I can tell you what's important to me. Seems ridiculous when we, and I, you, I am committed now even more than ever to you and I doing that skit about being in Starbucks. Right. Me, you talking about something, you know, <laughs> yeah. relevant and me tapping you on the shoulder and say, excuse me, can I interrupt you and talk to you about sales coaching? Right. You're a freaking moron. So, you know, all of the people here at Scott, um, Oglesby talks about it to have a script in front of you. Uh, Cynthia Barnes, who's here, who's fantastic. She's a client who saw me speak, um, connected with me. I never sold her anything. She just said, I want to learn more about you. She decided to work with me. And I will tell you this. She sent me a note last night. It was the best investment she's ever made in herself because she's about to speak at a big event. There's going to be a thousand people at this event. 
and she's been practicing and scripting and doing all of this stuff. And I was like, Cynthia, you're one of the coolest people I know. Just be you. Yep. You need a script. People yep. want experience. People want connectivity. People don't want scripts. Well, you know, this is where I'm, you know, can I tell, can I take you to another place? You know, it's just the, the whole idea is disingenuous, which all of this cold calling is disingenuous because I don't care about anything except taking your money. Right. What's the what's the fundamental there? Right. What's the thing that's driving the behavior? And in today's world where everybody can recognize that in a second, like Joanne French says, my team listens their way into sales connection. Active listening is something that should be taught, is something that should be trained, is something that is a skill that can be developed because even people like I remember, again, my sales training, I walked in and here's a list of 50 questions that you can ask that are going to lead them to a buying conversation. Why? I don't, those questions do nothing for me. What am I going to interject every single one of these into the conversation to try to figure out what it is that they could buy from me? No, I got to be active listening. I got to be paying attention to what that person's saying. And I mean, when... When Shelby talked about it on the first GOTV call or the second GOTV live call, he was like, we didn't even get the opportunity to talk business. We had a visit for 30 minutes and for 28 minutes, we spoke about Iowa and football and who that person was. And then at the end of the time together, that person went to them and said, hey, I know we're almost up here. What do I need to know about you so I can help you? What do I, they asked for the information. They earn that. That's the way it has to work. So Jake, you have your 24, you have your peers are entering the sales world. Give me some real time. What conversations are your peers having? I don't think people get a lot of satisfaction other than making the sale from their job. From the people who I know who are in cold calling, it's the only satisfaction they get. Everything else is like pulling teeth. And it, it really does go back to the relationship piece. And I had another buddy who I asked who just took a job in technological sales or some department similar. And I said, are you cold calling? And he goes, F no, I wouldn't take the job. And so like, that's where sales is from a younger standpoint is it's one or the other. And if not, then you don't really go into it where we're trying to teach the other philosophy. And that's kind of like the battle where I don't know where the people who are in cold calling go next. Like, I don't know where their path is because it engulfs them to think about not themselves, but their job they like lose their identity of who they are and who they connect with. And because all they're thinking about is the job. And so their connections, their networks aren't growing. Nothing is developing There's them no further, development than, them as a further than, but I, but I think it starts in with a mindset. Like they're telling them like, yo, they, you are this product, sell this right. product more than we bought you and hired you because you're this, you had this in common from? with us, your story, you're a no, we want you to share your story, connect with as many people. Cause you fed us. Like we talk about how we being fitting us, you know, like all these yeah. new coaches, they represent our brands. Whereas cold calling, you don't really have a brand. It's just well, people so, dialing. So how we jumped in and has a, go a goal for the month of September, which we supported was 50 cups of coffee, which Mark, you reignited that conversation and shame on me. It was one of my staples that I started with early in my career, just wrote down a list. And right. you know what? These people would just appear in my life. Oh my God, you're on my list to have a coffee with. Virtually it's the same thing. It's much easier. You can cover more ground, but how he reached out to somebody and said, I want to have a good, and they like kind of quizzed him and then they declined. 
And he wrote about it in LinkedIn saying the reason why they declined was they were so uncomfortable that they didn't have an ask. Like, right. what do you mean you don't have an ask? <laughs> right. It's like a reverse rejection. It's like, seriously, you're not going to ask me? Nope, not going to sell you anything. When I would go and train my salespeople in the old days, we'd go out and I would start by telling people, look, relax. I, I'm not going to talk about selling you anything. Just sit and have a, a good time with me. And you can almost see the, the body language go, whoo, okay, man, because they're so expected to like, you know, and here's the thing. Nobody, nobody likes to say no. It's nobody wants, especially in person or on the phone. Nobody wants to say no. So we're all these pleasing people. Is Ben Sterner here? Ben Sterner with a cold calling comment. Look at him. He thinks so, he brings out the best in people. Right. And I couldn't disagree anymore here, Ben. Like you're not selling steak knives or sports. I don't give a shit what industry you're in. You're always selling you first. It's you. They have to like you. And it doesn't matter what the product is. It doesn't matter what the service is. And I had this conversation with, you know, our people at Weston Jewelers. Sometimes you got people that have not been in sales and they're selling a $30,000 watch. I don't care. I don't care what the price tag is on the item that you're selling. They're going to buy you first. They're going to buy the experience first. And if they buy that, it doesn't matter what the price tag is. Or not into. Or not. I, I agree with or you. Or not. Correct. Which either way. I don't trust you. I'm out. So, great. And so great. what how we got to by that person not agreeing to the virtual coffee was not wasting a bunch of time cultivating a relationship that wasn't going to go anywhere anyway. That's why I like the question that we ask on connection requests of, hey, what made you want to connect or how'd you find me? Because it leads me to a conversation like somebody responded and I haven't gotten to it yet, but somebody responded to me yesterday with, hey, send me an email so I can send you more information. And I want to be like more information about what right. you and I haven't even connected yet. We don't know anything about each other. What are you going to send me information on? Or the inverse of when somebody's like, when I ask for a virtual coffee with somebody and they go, oh, well, actually, here's my email. Just send me a one-sheeter there. A one-sheeter about me? Like, is that what you're looking for? Is you want me to send you my one-sheeter? Because that's what I'm interested in doing here is having a conversation with you. And you're not interested in that. So I'm glad I'm not going to waste my 15 minutes on you anyway. So let me try something on for you because, you know, I usually talk about this in my uh, speeches, you know, I talk about it's not transactional anymore. It's relational. And I think I'm even, I'm, I'm going out of my way to change it to not relationship. It's experiential. It's about the experience. Who wants to buy something from some creep that's behind the phone, just trying to jam products and services on you. So Correct. I think it's about the experience. And if you're going to buy something, you might as well enjoy the person and the, the, the how, you know, so it's, oh, it's like, so <laughs> that's a good one. Cynthia. That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? Right? <laughs> Let's go, man. So as you can tell, I'm fired up and here's why I'm fired up, fired up. I'll leave you with this today. I think it's tragic that young people get ruined in this system and they get pushed out of sales because of this bullshit. This is not the way you train young people, to your point, not the way you develop young people. If Correct. you want to develop young people into young leaders, teach them right out of the gate.
Jay Katari says in YPO, we call this a micro form. Not everybody can connect like this. I call bullshit. Most people can connect like this. They've been conditioned not to. If we teach people from the beginning that this is the way it's supposed to be done, Jake and I are products of it. We grew up in the environment. We didn't know any different. So if you grow up in it or you're taught it from the start, then it just happens naturally. And we have the opportunity to do that with people in our organization if we focus on the training and development of them. Really good point because people, and this is why there's a high rate of divorce. People just don't know how to have a relationship. Right. They're living superficially. So what an unbelievable conversation. There's no right or wrong. You decide to do cold calling. God bless you. Deal with the rejection. Deal with all of that stuff. There is a better way. And guess what? We teach it. Jake, way to go. And there's two books you can buy to get better. So go buy them both. <laughs> buy Mark's first. Out tomorrow. Are we going to have morning me. motivational music or are we going let's get down to business? How are let's we get ending? down to business, baby. Down to Thanks business. for having me, folks. Please don't worry about me I'm about to let my heart speak My friends keep telling me to leave this So let's get down, let's get down to business Let's get down, let's get down to business Give you one more night, one more night